Welcome to the Align Sisters podcast. I'm Alexis. And I'm Erica. And today we are with our good friend, Johnny LaPasta, a fellow yogi and our old co-worker. So welcome, Johnny. What's up? Ciao. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be on this show with you and to see both of your faces. I've been loving everything that is on this show and everything you're both doing. And so thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. We miss you. It's like so weird and the quarantine times where you're so used to seeing somebody and I'm like, I'm so used to weekly connecting with you. And it's like to have somebody who's not a weekly connection anymore. It's hard. So I it's know. Really nice oh, I yeah. miss you both too. Like I'm so you. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's, I'm glad we get to have this time of connection and I, I'm glad I do get to see what you, you're both doing on, on social. Cause I feel like I have some access to you, but it's, it's good to have some intentional time together now. Yeah. yeah, it's not the same as when we had our front desk time where we really got to gossip and really spill the beans of what was going on in our lives. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We had, I feel so blessed that I had front desk time with both of you at different points. And just like, I always looked forward to that. Like, I got so lucky. And also for the listeners, I didn't put together that Alexis and Erica were sisters for like, a couple years like I just thought they were different just of different parents not related at all and then one day it was it was Lauren Go she was like yeah they're sisters and I was like what and it blew my mind and then I was like oh I see it okay yeah <laughs> we used to get that so often at Core Power mm-hmm. it was like pretty much consistent it was like this mind-blowing moment of like what your sisters but then a a recircle back of like oh yeah i see that now. yeah like students <laughs> it. it was funny yeah, once people like put that connection but yeah. i think we were the only sister pair at core power i would, I would like to say that yeah, yeah. a teacher yeah. wise yes yeah that was cool yeah. and now now you're the aligned sisters <laughs> yes now we're aligning yes. together and yeah i don't know if you if you said you listened but yeah we're from the same star seed so we've really been proven that we're extra extra connected i know that episode (laughs) tripped me out and i need to call her and figure out where i'm from (laughs) you do seriously it like blew my freaking like it just changed the way i like thought about everything yeah i was like wow changed you genuinely changed my life so it's pretty cool but yeah Miss, miss our desk time, but we wanted to chat with Johnny today just about life, about relationships, about dating, about what 2020 has been. We're filming this now in uh, 2021, so new year, new us, hopefully. But uh, yes. yeah, just kind of what we've been going through and what dating and relationships have looked like navigating this new era and this new time and yeah, all that kind of stuff. So I guess like, what's your background with spirituality and like how did you get to become a yoga instructor and what's that like brief little synopsis so I grew up Catholic and I you know my mom's family is Italian so every Italian boy goes to a Catholic school but Mm -hmm. my mom was also very she was very spiritual and she was very interested in having us be have a foot in the church but then she was always researching and learning about Eastern philosophies and doing lots of different meditations. And she had all the crystals and she had all the incense and all the things. And so from a young age, I was really exposed to a lot. And she was very much a firm believer in, you know, I don't know if any 
particular religion or belief system has the whole truth, but I think there's truth in all of it. And so I was always kind of open-minded in that way. And as I grew older, I started to latch onto that myself and start to do my own research. And she'd exposed me to a lot. And through that, I began to, you know, really look at different philosophies from all different kind of cultures and really started to, once I left Catholic school, started to release any identification with any one sort of belief system and and really start to just tune inward and and kind of realize, okay, there's spirit within all of us and there's different different beliefs in the world that are all trying to help us get to the truth. And I read this one quote one time that was, you know, the finger that is pointing to the moon is not the moon. Basically saying that, you know, almost any belief is the finger pointing to the moon. It's trying to point us to the truth, but the truth is its its own thing up there. So you have to look at a lot of different fingers. So you look at it at a lot of different angles and then eventually you kind of, you kind of find the truth. So that, that was kind of my background with that. And that, kind of led me to yoga. And um, I entered yoga, like many of us, looking for different exercise. And then I was exposed to the philosophies and the spiritual aspects behind it. And that was really what kept me coming back and really nourished me. And so then I did my teacher training in 2013. And I've done a lot of training since and have just kind of continued to study in that space. And I I'm a firm believer that we are spiritual people having a, or we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And I try and live my life now with a connection to spirit and try and operate from that space as much as possible. So, yeah. So I guess I've always been a little bit spiritual and, Mm. you know, in the past decade have really kind of more moved into that space and kind of, I'm very open-minded to all different, all different possibilities within that realm, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that really resonates with both of us. Mm-hmm. And we definitely feel very connected to your story because ours is somewhat similar. Our, both of our moms, you should say, are both Leos, if you're into mm-hmm. astrology, and they both teach yoga. Um, and so I think we both have that similar kind of like exposure to so many spiritual um, ideas and aspects that a lot of people didn't find till later on in life. So it's definitely kind of shaped, um, yeah, both of our journeys and obviously your journey too. So, yeah. Well, going back to our front desk time, I feel like a lot of the time when we were at the front desk, we ended up more or less talking about boys and dating. Um, so <laughs> my question, yeah. So cute. Um, a spicy pivot, <laughs> yeah, a spicy pivot. Casual. <laughs> casual back to dating. Um, so what would you say is been some struggles that you've gone through with dating in general? Like what would be like some things that you've kind of seen online dating, dating, just like trying to be spiritual, trying to be connected, um, but also trying to find a partner in that space. I feel like for me, at least I know that's been my biggest issue with dating is like, how do I stay true to who I am while finding and calling in a partner? For sure. So yes, many front desk sessions talking about dating, which, you know, for everyone listening, it doesn't matter where you go, whether it's a yoga studio or some other type of studio or some type of office, like everyone's talking about dating. It's just, it is part of the human experience. 
Um, you know, the thing with being a spiritual person and and dating. Well, first of all, I want to preface. I want to preface with this is that when when for everyone listening, when we are talking about spiritual people versus non spiritual people, we aren't categorizing as spiritual good, non spiritual bad. We're just we're just talking about differences. And I'm I'm a firm believer that we have many lives, and I think there are some lives that we come to, and it's very more focused on the human experience and that and there's something to be learned there that you take into the next life and then there's other lives that are more focused on spirit and that's and that's neither right or wrong or good or bad it just is and so i think where all three of us are at is that we're all in that kind of spiritual focus like that's where our lives are partly having that human experience and then also trying to marry that with being spiritual beings so just prefacing with that but Anyway, being, thank you. <laughs> uh, and it, being a spiritual person and dating at once, it makes it easier and it makes it harder for dating. Yeah, I agree. On the one hand, it makes it easier because we know what we want, right? A little bit more. We've done that reflection of this is what I need in a partner. This is who I am. This is what I stand for. These are my... Uh, non-negotiables, these are my desires, et cetera, et cetera. So with that, you you go into the dating field a little bit more clear on this is the general picture of what I want, what I'm calling in. It makes it harder because that chops your pool down <laughs> by quite yeah. a lot. And then now you have to find them in this vast sea. And I think, you know, one of the challenges I've run into a lot is just the especially with our generation, when it comes to dating, there is a lack of communication that happens. I think with online dating specifically and the dating apps is that dating has kind of become marketized and Mm -hmm. people see, you know, for example, if you get a product from Amazon or Target and you don't like it, you think, oh, well, I don't like this product, so I'll go find a competitor that I will probably like better. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of translated into the dating world with these apps because it's very much like, okay, I've started talking to this one person, I've gone on a couple dates, and there's this one thing I don't like, even if it's small, and now I'm just going to go search for the next thing. Or it's almost, I think a lot of people have an addiction to it of what else is out there. And I think it's about, we have to find that balance of, yeah, there's definitely some things that are red flags where it's like, this isn't going to work, right? And at that point, you do leave. But no one is ever going to have absolutely everything perfect, right? And so it's about doing that hard work and kind of moving through discomfort to see if there actually is something there. And I think that depth work is something that a lot of people aren't willing to do. And that's a challenge because it's hard to find someone who's willing to go there with you. Totally. I completely agree. I think our generation is kind of in this, um, what is it? Paralysis by analysis or the paradox Mm -hmm. of choice where there's too many choices or there are so many choices where you just think that there is going to be a better one out there for you. So like this person feels like they're good but I think I could do better because I have all these options on these dating apps or I see all these different people that I'm connecting through Instagram and that girl looks pretty or that girl looks like she has like the better job or whatever your like list of ideals in a partner is. So I think that's kind of where I find the hang up with. It's yeah. like, there's just so much overstimulation in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Good word. Yeah. 
And I think too, one of the struggles, and I think this, this goes even beyond dating is there on the one hand, our generation and Gen Zers are better at communication in some ways. And I think, I think definitely in friendships, I think we do discuss a little bit more of the harder stuff and we are more vulnerable in general, which is great. Don't know if that always translates into the dating world. Um, because we have been groomed by social media that you can kind of hide behind the screen. And if you don't want to have, you're uncomfortable having a certain conversation that you can kind of just disappear and just ghost. I have been ghosted hard before, and that is an absolutely not people. Ghosting is a hard no. After I had it happen to me, I was like, that is it. I will never ghost anyone. And I will have a very hard conversation with them. If if, if it's someone it's like, this isn't going to work, I will write them a long message or call them and say, this is why this isn't going to work. But I want to wish you well. And I want you to have closure because that was not something I had with a certain someone <laughs> who I hope hears this. <laughs> oh, side story. So this last year, 2020, I dated... Um, actually a yoga student and you would think because that he was a yoga student and we had like rapport from yoga that he would be like a more enlightened person or just a considerate person a considerate person probably the lowest basic thing nope we hung out multiple times and then all of a sudden fizzle 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 ghost and I was like Mm -hmm. no sir you are not pulling this so I did this whole long text and I was just like what is up? Like, let me know. And he's just like, yeah, it's not the time for me. It's not working out. And I was just like, could if you just said that versus ghosting someone, especially someone that you knew beforehand, and especially someone that was also in your community of people. It's like, this is, this is our life here. Right. And so I think that is a big challenge right now is that people need to be willing to communicate with potential romantic partners, even when it's hard and not it's 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 not just social media right it's not just oh well, that was a random rando person i was talking to through a hashtag and they live in singapore that i'm not going to respond to their last message when you've yeah. been talking to someone intentionally with the purpose of dating to maybe have a partnership at some point in the future you got to communicate where you're at in that process you know Totally. And honestly, people appreciate when you are true to what you are feeling. Like I had two instances where one was, I wasn't feeling a guy and the other where he wasn't feeling me. Mm -hmm. And I was appreciative of both of those. Like the guy was appreciative that I told him that I was like, Hey, I'm not feeling this. And he was like, well wishes. Thank you for letting me know. Thank you for not wasting my time. And the other guy telling me, I was so appreciative of him saying something. So again, I wasn't wasting my time. I wasn't hung up thinking like, what did I do wrong? And it's just like, be honest and communicate like what is going on versus just being like, this makes me uncomfortable. So I'm just going to go hide in a hole and throw my phone in a ditch. Like (laughs) (laughs) just like throwing it off the side of the Titanic or like towards the Titanic, like the lady in the end of the just like oh let's just stop it (laughs) oops forget (laughs) (laughs) goodbye my heart will go on (laughs) (laughs) that i can't stand and so i've i have that hard rule of communicating that with potential suitors that i'm like this is going to be a no and i've been communicated same thing to you alexis i've been communicated that by 
a couple different people I've dated and they've said, you know, this isn't the right time for me or they were still getting over an ex and they kind of realized that it wasn't fair to me. And because they had that communication, I had closure. And then I was also able to respond to that and give my sort of kindness back to them. And that that having that communication has actually led I'm friends with both of those people now, like good, good friends, you know, we're, yeah. uh, we're not dating and they aren't potential suitors anymore. But it, that lane of communication left room for a different kind of relationship. And even yeah. if it didn't, we both would have had closure. Yeah, totally. It allows you to be, you're being vulnerable, either the person that's saying it, or you are being vulnerable saying it like, Hey, like I'm going through this and this is why I can't be with you. And then just having communication, which I think is yeah, amazing that you actually stayed connected to those people. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So life is mysterious. (laughs) What are some of your other like non-negotiables when comes to relationships like what are things that you're just like i will not put up with that or like this is a must for me or a deal breaker or whatever you want to call them yeah for for me my must that i always focus on is i want to see that they're kind and that Mm -hmm. often isn't always seen by their kindness to you i think it's seen in how they interact with strangers and how they interact with their family and how they speak about their family and their friends and all of that. So that's something kind of in the early stage of dating, I'm very aware of. Um, I mean, especially in the early stage of dating pre-COVID when you could, you know, remember in 2019 when you could go to a restaurant and you could go on a date. And so, you know, doing that and watching how they interact with restaurant staff, you know, um, and, you know, that might take a few times to like see their true colors. And it might be that after the fourth day out they are consistent that they're respectful they're kind whatever and i think that's a good gauge of them sometimes you might see after the second or third date that they're not and that to me is if you are rude to service people or if i hear you talking unkindly about your sister who doesn't seem to have she hasn't really done anything to you from what i can gather then that's kind of that's a red flag for me so i'm always looking for kindness and warmth because I'm a very warm person. So I need someone who is somewhat warm. They maybe not have to be like, I'm like hugs for everyone. You know, I'm like rainbows and butterflies and like, Oh my God, that, that poor man on the street is crying. And I don't know. And he could be like deranged, but I'm going to go hug him. Like that's my level. It's my energy, but (laughs) maybe someone's not quite there, but they are warm in general. So I look for (laughs) warmth. Um, and then in terms of coming back to the spirituality thing is they have some sort of belief and I don't really care what that is because I think none of us will actually have the one answer in this lifetime. I want them to just be spiritually focused and be interested in growing spiritually. Um, so that might look different from me, but they have, they do believe in some sort of higher power, some sort of energy, and that we're all connected in some way. So that that's a must. Mm-hmm. Um, open to hard conversations, you know, and that's, that's something I'm sure we'll get into <laughs> in this episode is when you're dating and you are someone who's spiritual and you're someone who's looking for a deep relationship, I pretty early on will go in with some like, you know, in your face questions. Like, what do you think we've all been placed here to do? in the world? What is your particular purpose in this lifetime? Do you think you've had past lives in ancient Greece? You know, like I just go in for it just to see like 
<laughs> right? And I want them to be able to have hard conversations. And, you know, I think even not necessarily right away, but once you've been dating for even just a little bit, like, we all have our own baggage and our own trauma, like being able to talk about even just a little bit of that, you know, mm-hmm. I and and have an authentic conversation around that. Like, for example, and my sister's totally fine with me sharing this because she's very open about it. But my sister's a recovered drug addict. And that mm-hmm. led to when she was using a, a, you know, kind of darker time in my particular family life and in my relationship with her. And that part of her life is has really formed who she is today. So when I talk about her today, I can't talk about her without referring to that because it shows how far she's come. And so I want to be able to talk about that with someone and have them not be like, oh, like I don't know how to talk about this. Like, this is crazy uncomfortable. You know, like I want them to be like, oh, you know, I There's have, you know, exactly. There's level of maturity and and, you know, maybe they appreciate that I've been open with them or they want to mm-hmm. empathize with it in some way. Um, so hard conversations is one of them. And yeah, just someone who's interested in growth. And I mean that spiritually and uh, mentally and just in all the ways, because I think that's our whole purpose here is that we're continuing to grow and evolve in our our consciousness. So I need someone who wants to continue to do that. And they're open to listening to podcasts and reading books and exploring and watching documentaries and all those things. You know, I I can't have someone who's really sedentary, physically, mentally, emotionally, like I need someone who's who's active in all of those ways. So those are my, my non negotiable asks, my absolutely not sir, unkindness, (laughs) laziness, um, uh, certain fire signs that will not be named certain air signs for context <laughs> everyone i'm a pisces the virgo moon and cancer rising and <laughs> so that limits me in certain ways so i definitely look for that <laughs> gotta stay aligned <laughs> gotta stay aligned for sure oh man i love That's that what oh, about what about you Tell me about your guys's. You said like literally. Oh, yeah. mine! I feel like that's no. so late to steal yours. But I do think I spoke with a friend the other day, and it's like kindness is so underrated. And she was actually kindly speaking about my partner, and she was like, "He's so kind." And she was like, "I never realized how much I would value that in a relationship." But I look at your relationship, and like, wow, that is so important. It's like it seems so simple and so basic, but it really goes a long way. Um, and I think it really allows us to have some depth in our relationship because he really holds space. And I think when someone's kind, they're able to do that. Um, and I just want to be around nice people. So, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. life's too short people who are assholes and people who talk shit and gossip and, you know, that has mm-hmm. a time and a place, you know, here and there, but overall you really want someone who's, who's really elevating you and uh, bringing about the best in you. So Yeah, I feel like that really resonates with me. I think the communication part, like having hard conversations, I think people underestimate how hard it is to be like married for 30 years. I think part of being married for 30 years isn't like you just got there. It's like you had to put in the work. You had to be there during really difficult uh, trying times for them. And you have to be able to be open to talk about having the tough conversations, whether it be 
having a tough conversation about your past, but also having the tough conversations about who you are in the moment and what you're going through and how you as a partnership can help each other. Um, I think a lot of the times we get like what you were saying earlier, we get um, uncomfortable and we'd rather just kind of like retreat back because it doesn't feel good and we don't want to be vulnerable, but it's like you as a partnership to have a successful relationship need to be able to be open to show up for that and put in that work. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not fun. It doesn't feel good in the moment, but once you get past that, I think the partnership grows so much more. And then you as an individual also grow. So having, again, that like openness to grow, I think is part of that communication of open dialogue and having the tough talks. Yeah. I think growth is another thing when you're younger, you underestimate how important that is. And you underestimate the significance of like, doesn't sometimes matter how much you love somebody or how compatible you are. If you're not growing together, you know, that can really end a relationship. And I feel like I saw that with a lot of friends this year is like people were growing apart days. And it's like, there's a sadness in that. There's a beauty in that. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, that person was here for a reason. They helped you grow up until this point, And now you get to grow either on your own or with a different partner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think reflecting on the beauty that is that, but I think I really uh, connect to the growth aspect to what you said. Yeah, yeah. That, that is super key. And I think that is some, you know, my younger cousin, who's only 22, said something to me the other day that I was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> I, he was like, you know, from what I can tell there, it's not, if a relationship ends, it's not that the relationship was unsuccessful. If you both recognize that you grew or evolved in some way and, or you reach certain goals in some way, that relationship was successful. And then it reaches its end point where you then bifurcate. And I was like, Oh my God, like my little 22 year old baby cousin. And it like I was like I I stopped him in the kitchen. I was like, right now, what Oprah would say on Super Soul Conversation would go up. Oh, stop right there. That's a tweetable moment. That's a tweetable moment. Say it again. And <laughs> I, like totally did that. To him. You should have write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Note the time when I like, go back and edit. I'm gonna re-listen and like pull that. No, quote. but that is so spot on. Actually, um, I got my chart read this year. We we're talking about astrology, mm-hmm. and she said that part of like my learning relationships were going to be my biggest growth moments. Mm. And I think that's so true. It's like relationships can teach you so much about yourself and allow you to expand from there and kind mm-hmm. of figure out like what you do and you don't want. So I think that's so spot on. It's never um, like a negative thing. It's always like, what can you take from this? Exactly. You know, and in my relationships, I've always found some point of growth. And, you know, even going back to the communication thing, like, I'm a really good communicator in the beginning. Sometimes when conflict comes up way later on in the relationship, that's where I struggle, especially if I don't feel the other person is fully available for that communication. So communication is key that your partner has to make you feel like you can communicate. Because people like me, Alexis, you probably feel this as a Pisces, we're like, Oh, like, well, we don't want to upset them. So we'll just like breathe, self-regulate. Okay, I'm fine. But like, you're not yeah. fine. And eventually that's going to pile up. Right. And so I've learned that is like, you have to just always be communicating. And even when that is hard and that, that is early on and that is later on. And for me, what I've learned is like early on, I'm fine with it. Open book, full communication later on is more where I'm like, 
that's where I, I struggle a little bit. And um, so that's where I'm learning and growing right now, you know? <laughs> so I relate. It's like those things where you just let things kind of start to stack up. And then all uh-huh. of a sudden I haven't talked about any of this stuff and it's all just going to explode onto you one day. Exactly. <laughs> so, so fun for them. <laughs> yes. Uh, they have to be open to that communication and yeah, kindness. If you don't have those things, then you know what I say to that. And for that, I thank you. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, continue, where are we going? Uh, oh, I, I, love, I was like, I, I was just waiting for I was some waiting sort for of, a lyric, but I yes. just didn't know which, which lyric we were going with. Yes. So yeah. I love that. You know, there's always going to be some sort of song reference with me. <laughs> And oh, probably with a diva. Life and song. Life. Is, yeah. If yeah. I could just sing my life, that'd be my favorite. <laughs> right. I'm very musical for all. <laughs> Make my own little city. Would you say like you've always been pretty comfortable with like dating and everything like that? Or was did you have like a significant moment or a place in your lifetime where you were like, okay, like I know myself, I know my worth. And it kind of like shifted your perspective on like dating and sexuality and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I was not always comfortable with it and uh, just being really authentic and vulnerable. Like I wasn't very comfortable with my sexuality until quite later on. Um, Mm -hmm. I identify as bisexual, which I've done a lot of research on bisexuality. And it's actually very common for bisexuals to not fully own their identity as a bisexual till more in their mid to late 20s. Because bisexuality is not an identification that's commonly accepted by the culture, uh, by our society. I think we're in a time where there's still a long way to go, obviously. But I think in in most, especially here in California, you know, where we are, places like New York, being gay or lesbian is a little bit more accepted, not to erase any struggles there. Obviously, we still have so much room to grow in that space, but that's becoming more common. But having being somewhere in that middle ground isn't always believed, especially with men. A lot of people don't believe that men can be bisexual. It's either you're one way or the other. And if you're a man, you're saying you're bisexual, then you're you're just transitioning to being fully gay. So that kept me kind of unsure for a long time because I didn't want to. I knew I was attracted to both and I wanted to date both, but I didn't feel fully confident in myself. I felt like I was, you know, not being able to fully explore and but once I finally owned that side of myself and was just like, you know what, fuck this, like this is who I am and it's okay. And Lady Gaga says I was born this way, and so so be it. And then at that point, something shifted in my energy and it completely changed. And I was all about dating and totally open to it. And um, I felt like I became more attractive just energetically and I was connecting with more people. And so that that really changed a lot for me. And it was, uh, it was quite a journey. So if there's anyone out there listening, or you know, someone who, who is struggling with that, just, just know that it's your own time and take the steps that you need and take the time that you need. But there are those that will support you and you were born this way. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really what you were speaking about earlier about like Gen Z and like these younger generations coming into sexuality. I think we're going to see such a big shift where it's like, that's not even going to matter. Like you having exactly. a label, hi, that's just like, who cares? Like such it's an old school way. Of- yeah. yeah. It's such like a sure. thing where it's like, 
we're fluid. We can show up however we want. And if that's with nobody, great. If that's with a girl, amazing. If that's with a boy, fine. It, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. And so I'm, I feel like I'm really starting to see already, or just maybe feel a shift in a lot of my friends and other people and stuff and them being able to come to terms with their sexuality and just be like, fuck mm-hmm. this, this is me. Yeah. And like, we're not going to ever have to deal with, you know, the bullshit of the past of people being bigots and having, you know, unkind opinions. So exactly. Yeah, That's the way of the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's like about the energy that you're connecting with versus mm-hmm. like physicality. Uh, yes, yeah. Like what gender you are, what you gender you normally date. I think it's, yeah, such like a black and white way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, that's, I think that has been so repressed in so many people. And I think it is, it's a much more colorful world than we've allowed it to be. And I'm glad you brought that up, Erica. I've had several conversations this week about Gen Zers that from yeah. my observation that, you know, every, every generation will talk shit on another generation, right? And, you know, millennials were lazy and were entitled. Gen yeah. Zers are fame obsessed. That's the thing they always say about Gen Zers. And yeah, they, we all have our downfalls. But something I see in Gen Z as because now they're, you know, they're on social media more and they're wor- they're like working in the world. Like people, people born after Toxic came out are driving. You know what I mean? And like people born after Oops, I Did It Again came out are voting. Like that's where we're at. And so... <laughs> Yeah, it's like it really puts things in perspective. That's how I like time things. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, what, what, when did what that album, album we have? and who was born around then? So, but you know, I'm seeing them now more in the world and how they interact, and they are already more accepting, and it isn't yeah. such a big deal for them in terms of race and sexuality. So, yeah. I think you know, when our generation, who's kind of been ahead of them in that and then them we're the ones in power in terms of government and business ownership and then our children are our age now i think we're going to be in a very different world and i, I think uh, we're ready for that <laughs> yeah i think it's one that we as a generation won't even recognize for our own children because i think it's going to be so vastly different from what we grew up with and what our parents had and what their parents had and i think it's so needed and I'm just, I'm excited to have a shift and I'm going to embrace this TikTok generation. I'm ready for I you know. guys. Yeah. I'm I embrace them. <laughs> yes. I'm ready for y'all and your open-mindedness. Exactly. <laughs> Come through, take power. <laughs> yeah. So one other question. So what's something like, I guess you would say not like, What's like Johnny's advice column? Yes. Like, do you have an advice column? What are you serving the people dating wise? Yeah. And, like maybe online dating, dating. I mean, online dating only yeah, is happening right now. Yeah. I, I was just going to say mostly online dating. Yeah. Like I, I know yeah. for me, like Erica's in a relationship, I'm single. So online dating has been the way I've been trying to meet mm-hmm. people, but I feel like there's so much going wrong what would you say is like the biggest things that you try to avoid when online dating? Great. I have a lot. Whether of I, it's such like a, <laughs> yeah, like, like a broad you. question, but as like, no, I, I know like very unsuccessful. I, I would say like, dating, yeah, so. for me, I think what happens for me a lot is I get into these uh, texting relationships or mm-hmm. even DMing relationships where mm-hmm. I'm just DMing a guy back and forth and we never actually meet. Yeah. And yeah, Especially in COVID time, I 
get there's more of an excuse with that. But then you end up just wasting so much of your time talking to this person. So much of your energy. Yeah. And it never really grows into something. And then you get to a point where it's like, so who's asking who out on a date? And then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, to speak to to that specifically, that, Mm -hmm. that I think what you have to do is I, my approach to that is if I want to meet this person, it would be here are three dates and times that could work and put it out there. Which one works for you? None of them work for you. Okay. What date and times work for you? Tell me and I will pick one. It's, it's getting it to that point of we are picking something now or it's not going to happen. You know, I think you have to kind of put pen to paper and or rather finger to the eye calendar and get something in there and kind of be really like clear, like I want to meet. And if there still isn't that agreement, that's where that communication comes in. That hard communication, that vulnerable communication is, look, I'm interested in meeting you. Are you interested in meeting me? If so, let's set something up now. And if they're not comfortable with that, they're going to let you know through their actions or through their direct answer. And then you kind of move on from there. So that's what I would say to that specifically. And along with that, I would say, especially in today's world, and what I found with dating is patience is key. That's a virtue we all need to practice in so many areas of our lives, but it's definitely for this realm. And I think we can often get caught up in the feeling of I should be coupled or I I feel lonely, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all valid, but having patience to weed through everything and find the right person is key. Um, some A piece of advice someone gave me too uh, that I really like, and this goes for online dating or not dating is, or uh, um, dating in person is avoid trying to make the other person like you when you are starting to talk to them and meet them. It's not, what can I say to get them to like me? The -hmm. question is, I'm going to be me. Do I like this person? Do I think they align with me and my core values? Do I think there actually is a fit here? Because I think a lot of times, and this is, I think this has been happening since ancient times is, I really, this person's attractive. I want them to like me. So I'm going to phrase this thing in this way. I'm going to dress in this way. I'm going to express, I'm going to even, maybe I have a geeky interest or something that's controversial or or has a polarity to it. I'm going to kind of gloss over that or like test the waters with that before I fully like tell them that I'm into that. I think that's a trap we fall into. And I think the key, because if you're looking for your partner then they're, they're going to need to like you as you are, right? So going into dating with, do I like this person? And so with that, then you come back to the communication of asking those questions that you actually want to know the answer to and answering them back honestly when they ask you questions. So I think that's really cool. Um, I love that. I think... That's like really good advice. Yeah, that's such a shift in like energy that you're bringing and showing mm-hmm. up with to dating. And I think that's really all you can do. You never can control how the person's going to respond or who you end up talking to. Maybe they do end up ghosting you, but it's all about the energy you're bringing to the table. So it's like if you're in your worth, confident, you're like, I'm going to show up and tell this person who I am, be vulnerable, be authentic, be me. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it. Yeah, because they're going to eventually find out who you are regardless. Like, yeah, you could put yeah. on a front 
first whatever month or so, but then eventually you're going to start to become who you already were. And if that wasn't someone that that person wanted to date, then they're going to break up with you. And honestly, they should because they invested in false advertisement. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. So I think, you know, I think all of those things, I think those, those are, that's in my advice column. And I think just going into all of that with an open heart and an open mind and vulnerability. And that's something I'm really, you know, I'm listening to a lot of Brene Brown Mm -hmm. and or Dr. Brene Brown, I should say. And just, I think being vulnerable of just putting yourself out there, knowing that there's a risk of rejection or unacceptance or whatever, ultimately will lead you to the the best connection. And also maybe, you know, managing your expectations. We, you know, we teach in yoga, non-attachment, no expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good, a good practice. I think it's hard to apply to all areas of life. And in dating, you do have to have some expectations, right? I think. But I think having the expectation that like, I'm going to date and I'm going to talk to people online and I will, there will be times where I'm disappointed. There will be times where my feelings even get hurt. And just knowing that and then radical acceptance of that. And then once you have that acceptance, it's like, okay, and now the journey begins and whatever comes, comes, you know, just complete openness to what, what waves will flow your way. Mm Mm-hmm. Other than devouring some Brene, Dr. Brene Brown, let's get her name right. Uh, what would you say are like some of your like self-worth practices or things that have helped you kind of discover more of your power and who you are? Oh, gosh, that's a deep question. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I love that. I love that. You know, I read a lot of Eckhart Tolle. I listen mm-hmm. to a lot of Deepak Chopra, a lot of... Um, Dr. Brene Brown, a lot yeah. of um, Oprah super soul conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think all of that and the reflections of that, you know, my reflections on that have helped me discover a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, some practices I have is I have a, a gratitude journal. I think that, you know, helps me feel um, really nourished and and really recognizing all that I have. And that helps me feel empowered to then continue to go forward um, yeah, those things. And then just also just soulful conversations with friends like we're having right now. You know, I think that uh, I think a lot of times actually people get so caught up in dating and I want to have this perfect partner and, and they're so fixated on that, that they forget that if you have friends and family, that that's a way to nourish your soul too. And, and, and those people will reflect back to you your worth. And so focus on that in addition to focusing on your search, because that's going to help you continue to feel worthy and empowered as you, you go forth in that. Yeah, that's beautiful. I definitely resonate with that. I've been in that space where I'm so transfixed on like finding the one or finding such an amazing partner. And it's like, you really do lose sight of all other things. So it's like having a gratitude practice and being able to sit down and be like, dang, like, no, actually I already have a lot. Exactly. And I am grateful for that. And kind of like really pulling your own reins back in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just being alone is not really being alone. Like if you have friends, family, you have that community. And like you were saying, like allowing yourself to lean on that and cultivate that and allow them to help uplift you. And then 
your partner may come in and be an extra bonus for you in your life. Exactly. And that's something I've, I've always kind of said, and I've lost sight of it too. You know, it's not like I'm like this perfect dating teacher, you know, I think, right. (laughs) Just we're real people having discussions and sharing what we've learned. And that's all teaching really is, is sharing what we know or what we've experienced. Um, is that I, I think one of the biggest things is you have to be whole on your own. And I think our culture has trained us to, you're not complete till you're with someone else. And I think the key is that you have to feel fulfilled on your own in your own mission, your own purpose and who you are in this life. And then once you have that wholeness and you meet someone else who's whole, then you're just going to amplify each other. It's going to be two lights coming together to be this really bright light as opposed to two flickering lights that you come together and yeah, the light might be nice for a little bit, but whatever was defective there is going to come to the surface and then affect one another and then the light's going to go out. You know, that's kind of how I look at it. So being whole on your own and, um, you know, trusting that you will always have the support that you need, whether it's from one person or multiple people, you know, and, you know, something I've kind of found is that you can have a really good relationship with someone and they could be your life partner, but they're not going to fulfill absolutely every need and that's why you have friends and that's why it takes a village for all things is that, you know, there are certain conversations that maybe my partner isn't, isn't the best at having, but like I have that with my, with my friend, Sam, you know, you know, things like that. And um, just as long as it's not in those non-negotiable areas, like they have to meet those needs, but there's other things that it's like you outsource that and that yeah. creates community and that gives them the opportunity to also have their own relationships that are, are deep as well. Totally. You're allowing that person to not be your world because that puts so much pressure on your partner. And then it allows you guys separate people and live your life and then come together and share those things that you've experienced together. I think that's really, truly a beautiful relationship where you can live separately, live your life, and then also live together and love that too. Yes. It's beautiful. To bring up my favorite generation, Gen Z, I feel like, again, these... Uh. These kiddos are coming through and I feel like they're also looking at relationships with like romantically, like, yeah, that's cool. That's super important, but like, there's so much more. And like, Mm -hmm. I think that's so important because I feel like we've all been fed, you know, good nineties rom-coms or it's like at any cost, you're going to get the girl and it's going to change your goddamn life and make everything better. And it's like, it could, but that's a lot of pressure to put on one person. Exactly. It happens. It might not work out in the end. Like, you don't yeah. know that. Well, I think what you said, yeah, outsourcing with friends and like leaning yeah. into the community aspect of things is really where we're headed and leaning into the collective is like how we're going to be. We're going to be a village. We're going to be a community. So mm-hmm. exactly. And I think that will manifest in all ways, always possible, yeah. you know? And yeah. yeah, I think that's, that's super key. I think, and Alexis, you kind of alluded to this is that, a relationship should enhance your life. It shouldn't be your whole life, you know? So it's like that extra bonus, that little cherry on top. Yes. Beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. No, thanks for sharing all your advice, all your stories. This was really fun. Um, Where can people connect with you, work with you? Ah, well, this was so fun. So again, thank you for having me on. Uh, I am a yoga instructor, meditation instructor, corporate wellness and mindfulness consultant, writer, 
quote unquote influencer. I was told by an agency I'm a micro influencer. That's apparently where I'm at now. So people need to go to Instagram and watch his stories. They are like he's serving. Oh my god! Some of the funniest, brightest content on the gram. (laughs) <laughs> well thank you i hope i hope you all oh yes so find me on instagram at johnny Lapasta, johnny like johnny depp with two n's and then la pasta uh www.johnnylapasta.com is my website that's like my hub for everything i do i've just started my own podcast the what's the pasta podcast where the pasta of the day could be anything and everything from thoughtful conversations of wellness and spirit to candid conversations about culture and life served up with a cup of mindfulness and a side of sass there you go there's the plug she's memorized her lines and um everyone alexis and erica the alliance sisters will be a guest on my podcast we're actually going to go right into recording that after this episode and uh, so you can find me there and yeah and then just find me walking around long beach (laughs) perfect i love all of this well thank you so much um everyone please rate review subscribe and we will talk to you all soon bye bye bye